excited for this episode. Some would say the best episode. I don't know how, how he does it, but best episode in the world. We're doing Shane McMahon. I'm no Greg Hamilton. I won't try. That's good. But hell yeah. You are a, a ring announcer, though. I'm no Greg Hamilton. <laughs> That's fair. You didn't get your own mockumentary about yourself. Not yet. Sometime. time. Play, play your cards right and you'll be the subject of a fake story. On It'll it. be on Patreon. <laughs> uh, the plugs begin early. <laughs> so uh, we are, like I said, here to talk about Shane McMahon. You, you hinted very quickly that you are a huge Shane McMahon fan. I mean, I'm going to dial that back a little bit because Shane McMahon is terrible, but Shane McMahon is awesome. Yeah, he is professional wrestling in a nutshell. And I, I think there's a couple of different ways in which... He speaks to both like the the WWE and being a McMahon because like what's what I think is funny is how many times you see him if you're looking in the right places for Shane McMahon early on, which is like a very McMahon thing to do. Of like for years, no one knew Vince was the owner. He was always just an announcer that they all made fun of, and then it was like, oh, ha ha, he owns fucking this whole thing belongs to him. Yep, and then you had something something similar with Shane McMahon as the referee, and then kind of popping up as the guy on Sunday Night Heat, and then his wife popping up as the co-host for like the syndicated weekend morning shows. Yeah, it's and then and, he's European champion. <laughs> he's also it's he he also appears. Uh, one one of my favorite memories is uh, WrestleMania Eight, the Flair Savage match. He's one of the people that tries to stop Liz from going out to the ring and you can tell like if you you know to look for shane you're like oh fuck shane's there it's kind of like knowing some a famous person who's in the background of a movie scene you're just like oh fucking harrison ford what the hell man totally ruined the ambiance of that scene why wouldn't harrison ford be in the coffee shop (laughs) he was thirsty and there was coffee i don't know if coffee kind of quenches your thirst because i've never had coffee but just a lot of tea because i'm english the worst yeah um so that for me, is done to see, I think, I could be wrong, because obviously I'm not a McMahon, so I'm not privy to their personal conversations, but that is done to see if they actually want to be involved in the business. I get the feeling that, on some level, if Shane or Stephanie had not wanted to be involved in the business, I think their parents would have been fine with it. Like ultimately fine. They it seems to be that less of a transactional relationship than you you might be used to with like it seems like they genuinely like each other even if Vince is kind of an asshole. But yeah, I love you, damn it. <laughs> uh, I, it's I, th- I think you're pretty probably dead on with that because Shane stepped away for years. Yeah, and there was no outward expressed heat. Nobody ever had anything weird to say about the McMahon family relationship, except for like. I wish it was Shane and not Steph. Whatever. Um, but everyone's like, oh, cool. We miss Shane. Yeah, exactly. It's. I think the idea of the, the McMahon thing of like pulling up yourself up by your bootstraps, it would have been fine if he had done that in a different mm-hmm. business. But he expected, and he does, uh, though he's pretty terrible when he first starts, starts off on television as a frequent character. He does really seem to put in effort to get better. If not in terms of like actual in-ring acumen or uh, actual promos or, and stuff like that, he 
does still get better at the stuff people like. Does that make sense? Like, I don't think he's an obje- objectively like good worker or a good promo, but his promos and his work are super over, and they have been basically since he got in the company. So when Shane started, he was objectively nothing on the show, and I think it's really important to to mention is you talked before how you see him all over the place, but he's not a focus. So a lot of those early years, Shane McMahon is like a active live television, live pay-per-view audition. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you go out there and you, and you get your reps, get yeah, out there, it's, it's, get it's, out it's, there. Yeah. And like, all right, you're, you, you might not play today, but you're suiting up. And after a while, it's like, all right, you're on, you're on the bench today. Be ready. Go pinch hit. We're up nine, nothing. Mm-hmm. And eventually someday he starts and it feels natural because you've seen him for yeah. all this time. And it, it just kind of makes sense as opposed to, like, like Shane McMahon was never going to be Eric Bischoff stepping out on the stage with Vince on Raj, but like here I am. You've waited your whole life for me. <laughs> it's he needed to to like earn that spot a little yeah. bit, yeah. not in the Definitely. traditional pay your dues pro wrestling way, but in a way the traditional pro wrestling or pay your dues way. Yeah, and it's not uncommon. I think everybody knows that that is nerdy enough about wrestling to listen to this show. That uh, the idea of a promoter's son being involved with the promotion is about as prevalent as promotions. Like, pretty much every... It's understood from a business perspective that it makes more sense to, like, stick with your family, Von Erichs. The Von Erichs is the classic The Hearts uh, in Stampede. The Gagne's in in Minnesota. You look anywhere. Watts. Yeah, even if you think about it in big picture terms, like the Crockett's are involved in the production of the show and stuff like that. Jerry Lawler with Brian Christopher in Memphis. And the, the logic behind that was is the family's not going anywhere. Yeah, so if, which is why if, Triple H is, since he is family, that's one of the reasons. I think there's a lot of reasons Triple H, but that is one of the reasons he can be trusted to not leave the company, leave the family once he's... I, I think he'd be really great in Impact. Just kidding. No, I believe you now. And I can't trust your opinion on anything ever again. That's fucking terrible. You Just kidding. He's going to AEW. <laughs> yeah, all elite. I'm doing the... I'm not doing anything. With my fingers. But I made <laughs> you, it look... I was kind of doing a Jeff Hardy thing. You had fingers. They weren't effective fingers, but they were fingers. It was like the Bo Dallas thumbs. <laughs> they're not thumbs up. They're not thumbs down. They're, they're thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Great visual <laughs> representation of what you're talking about. In this about. audio medium. Yeah. But I think in terms of actual success, he's at the near the top of the list, mostly because he's like still alive. With Honestly, with a lot of the Von Erichs, they were very successful, but they died. They all died. Kevin Von Erich very famously said, yeah. I used to have five brothers, now I'm not even a brother. Which yeah. is like the most... Fuck man, <laughs> sad thing I've ever repeated. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, and I'm a news producer. Yeah, <laughs> I've, had, I've had to say a lot of sad shit. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty pretty deep and it hurts. But Shane, in a way that a lot of territorial sons connected with the crowd, Shane has always connected with the crowd. Yeah, there's a, a there's a deep abiding love for entertaining the fans and giving them their money's worth that you kind of see. A lot of times, but not always, because I've worked places where this was not the case at all. But they're exceptionally good at selling the product that they're... Like, for a family-owned business, you'll see somebody, like, sell the thing. that, And you're just like, oh my god, that's, like, fucking magic. 
And it's because they care about it on an existential level. It's important to their ability to put food on the table of their family. You'll see that with pretty and a much... Bunch, and I think, sorry, and a, a bunch and a bunch of other people's ability to put... Mouth, like, I think that, say what you will about the McMahons, but they do understand that they have a lot of people that rely on them financially. And they, could they be better bosses? Yeah, a lot of people could. But, like, I think that they take that burden seriously. Uh, and Shane in particular. First of all, my bosses are great. <laughs> I have no complaints about any manager I've ever worked with. Wink. <laughs> can, can you see me winking? Um, what was I talking about? Oh, the McMahons. So, something with all the McMahons, and you still see it, especially with Shane, is a willingness to go out there and do crazy shit. Yeah. So, as a performer, even as a McMahon, like all... All three performing McMahons between Vince, Shane, and Stephanie, willing to go out there and and show ass. Yes, I'll take I'll take my licks. I'll I'll let the 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 face or the heel get one over on me, except for Stephanie. But even then, she does get thrown around a lot of times. By now that they have a women's division, you do actually see her actually get some semblance of comeuppance that would not happen until WrestleMania every year. Now Ronda might like punch her in the face or something like that. Rhonda makes her show ass yeah. in a way that she... Rhonda makes her show vulnerability yeah. that she never actually shows. Yeah, and she like worked with Brie, I think it was, at SummerSlam, and she actually got like worked over in that match. She got... Stephanie's heat was very targeted and specific. Mm-hmm. It was never... Shane gets his, gets beat up a lot. Shane, Shane takes a lick. And Vince, all the time, Vince was in a bunch of matches he had no business My all-time in. favorite visual in wrestling is when Vince bled that absolute fucking gusher and you just see him peek out from over the ring apron and he is a fucking 10 out of 10 on the Muda scale crimson mask but with the devil's smile yeah and it's it's a disgusting image but it is the fucking coolest image of Vince McMahon yeah and he's I think on the spectrum of McMahon's, he clearly gave the most physically to the business. But I think, again, Shane's very close. Considering the highest spots that any McMahon or mo- basically any wrestler has ever taken is Shane. Shane's right. done like ECW hardcore TV level shit where you're just like, what the? Not even hardcore TV. Hardcore Shane, Shane, Shane does the fucking New Jack spots. Yeah. He's like, wow, that's really high. I'll jump off. That's it. exactly what I was thinking. It's... He's like basically like a CZW wrestler. <laughs> I mean, no, think about it. Think about the match he had with Kurt Angle. That's basically like a CZW match. That was like a well-produced, no one's going to die tonight, indie death match. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the belly-to-belly suplexes through the non-gimmicked glass <laughs> where Shane was dropped directly on his head more than once. Yeah, and I, and I think... To understand the McMahons in general, but Shane specifically, it's really important to understand him as a performer. Because like we've been hinting at, he really sells out. But the level to which he sells out isn't just what the fuck is this half a billionaire doing or like half like hundred millionaire doing. It's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? You have kids. Like, he does wild shit, and he has for a really long time. It's never made any real sense with his character, because his character is a spoiled rich kid. Mm-hmm. His fucking theme song is just, here comes the money, and Shane, then women Shane, chanting bling, bling. money, 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 money. 
Yeah, it sounds great. It's the best song ever. Ching, what? ching, bling, bling. Keep no. going. <laughs> I don't know. Something about cheddar. Yeah, if you... Uh... It's delicious. Um, I'm really fucking white. <laughs> <laughs> it never really made sense for Shane to be the guy that went and jumped off of shit. Because he had nothing to prove by jumping off of shit. But in that same vein, he proved himself by jumping off yes, of shit. Yes, exactly. He said, like, no, no, I'm not just the guy who's here to, you know be like Pac-Man Jones in TNA who stands on the apron and becomes tag champion. Like not only am I going in, I'm going all in. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to show you that I deserve to be here. Even if it means that I'm, it just means that I die for you tonight. Yeah. And I think that's the most important thing to understand about Shane as a performer is that he very much wants to prove he belongs. Like he seems to have, a special relationship with the guys backstage relative to the other McMahons. And I think in large part because he, yes, he was an official with the company, but he also worked in the company as a worker for a while. And I think that really changed the way he thinks about, because right now he's, I don't, as far as I know, he's not an official with the company. He's just a television performer. And that means he's just a worker. It's important to remember. I mean, he's more than a worker. He has a lot of money in the company and stuff like that. Um, Bruce Pritchard has talked on his show about Shane really growing up with the company and like being on the road with the company as a teenager, like on the ring crew as a teenager, partying with the boys as a teenager, where it's as a kid, he was on the road paying his dues Mm -hmm. before we ever realized that Shane McMahon was a thing in wrestling. Shane McMahon was a thing in wrestling and he's, he is very much, very legitimately one of the boys. Yeah. In a way that I feel like, Triple H and Stephanie aren't anymore. Neither of them are one of the... They can't be. They're actual executives with the company. And When I, you're hiring and firing, you can't be one of the boys. Exactly. And I, I think that for Shane right now really plays to his... There's a lot of trust in the company with the guys he works with that they're not going to... He's not going to make them look bad. And I, I think that's always been the case, but especially in this run where he's just a television performer, you see guys really... Be enjoying working programs with him. It never feels like anybody's forced into a Shane McMahon program, in large part because he's always going to get. He's going to get a WrestleMania match. He's going to get uh, like a high match on a pay per view if it's not WrestleMania with a noteworthy moment. Yeah, exactly. It's not just a match that happens and and you all right see ya. It's there will be something memorable. Yeah, because on that eight hour show where you're like, I remember this fucking thing Shane McMahon did. Yeah, he's main event in the sense that he will always be pushed in storylines and he's always an important character and he will always get a modicum of specific camera time like uh, time on camera but he's not a main eventer in the sense that he needs to be pushed up the card there's it doesn't matter yeah you can put a tag title on him if you want you're not gonna put an actual title on him because the company's different if the company was more structured more like it was during the attitude era you could see somebody like shane winning like a European championship and an intercontinental championship. But now it's all athletes and he's just kind of like a daredevil that doesn't know when to quit. And he was always that, but now it really... I think he's relatable to Jeff Hardy. In yes. Way, where it's... Jeff Hardy's larger than life without actually being larger than life. They both have a transcendent charisma. But I feel like we relate to Shane. Yeah. Shane, which is Shane weird. Shane comes he... out and he has that moment where he just, as a baby face, yeah. on the mic was to go, what's up, town where we're performing tonight and the crowd loses its mind yeah 
Because he seems, it, it sounds goofy, of course, we sound like Marks when we say this, but there's almost a, like, he really does feel like the son of a small businessman who want, who actually believes in the company that his dad built. Does that make sense? Like, he seems earnestly there, happy that the fans are there, and that his family is one of the main reasons those people are there. And not in an egotistical way, but in a, like, that's awesome kind of way. Like, that's what he means when he says, what's up? city he's in we know that he's there because he wants to be there yes exactly doesn't exactly. have to be there dude's got business outside of this he could be running dot com and building yeah, that digital is... initiatives and all the behind the scenes shit that he was doing in the past there, there's no i have to do this with yeah. shane mcmahon at all we know that he's in there because he wants to be in there yeah. we know that the miz you know suplexed him off of uh, scaffolding. Thank you for the word that I couldn't find. Uh, off of a very high scaffold at WrestleMania for a great spot and a creative finish because he wanted to. Yeah. In a, in a match that really solidified The Miz as a babyface. Yeah. And, oh, definitely. And, and like really made The Miz as a babyface in 2019. Yeah. He, that, that feud was so over the top McMahon style that it actually made one of the biggest heels in the company for a long time and a guy who had been building towards babyface it became clear and i think that's why shane's kind of had a resurgence for me i still don't love him in the ring he's kind of awful to watch oh i've got a question for you about that in a moment but go on but i feel like it is still worth watching him because he understands his role in the company so well that he knows exactly what it feels like he's finally reached the point where he's like a veteran and a guy who knows what he's doing and understands the business and not just from like a dollars and cents perspective, but an actual like the psychology of the industry. He now understands that a, as well as anybody in the he business. He has a defined role where there's no, oh, we'll, we'll figure out something for you. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you're here and your job for 2018 is to make the Miz a top baby face. Yeah. All right, let's go. Yeah. And, and that's what they did. And that's what, when I was saying, he's kind of, that's the way in which he's a main eventer. Is they have to give him storylines because he's a McMahon. And that's just how that shit works. So I, I have a, I have a question for you, uh, but you can, what, what's your question for me? I want to know if Shane McMahon being as good in his role and as magnetic with the crowd as he is, makes his less than perfect execution of professional wrestling in the ring forgivable. Uh, Is it something that you can overlook knowing that like his punches are the fucking drizzling shits? They're not the drizzling shits. They are the worst punches in the history of wrestling as far as I'm concerned. Like they're that bad where you're just like, it breaks kayfabe how bad they are. Like you really want the announcers to be like, what the fuck is he doing? Didn't get all of a maggle. Didn't get all of any of those 14 punches. (laughs) Which is remarkable when you think about it. He was just laying there and he missed him 14 <laughs> times, Maggle. <laughs> and yeah, I think that the thing with Shane has always been he's not that good in the ring. But I think a long time ago he could compensate it, compensate for it by being having a he's a good sized dude. He's a big dude. Yeah, he has he, a great look. He's a large man. He's probably like 6'2. Yeah. And he was he was pretty athletic for like a random guy like he was as a, as an average maybe slightly above average athlete on the roster at a time when and now he's like dad dad athletic like, yeah where it's like oh you 
You know MMA stuff, kind of. Not the punches we'd, so much. We'd listen to you if you were a Little League coach. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly work out. That's all we got, though. Yeah, he, Sweet traps, bro. He... Yeah, he's in. He has a really good look now, but he can't go in the ring in a meaningful way. But I think to answer, but your he question, can get his ass kicked. Yeah, and he can pull off a high spot. Yeah, so I, I guess it's if you're expecting him to work a catch as catch can match, that was never gonna ever fucking happen. But if you're just expecting him to do Shane McMahon shit, and some of it's not gonna be that great, then you're gonna probably enjoy yourself. You can't go into a Shane McMahon match with high expectations but you can go into it with like i think shane will be decent in this match and he'll try really hard and he'll jump off of something like if those are your expectations you're set if you want more from a match that's fine just don't expect to get it from a shane mcmahon match unless it's something like the miz in a cage match where they're actually gonna be able to do or shit. the undertaker hell in a cell yeah where it's like oh you're just gonna get the shit kicked out of you yep. for the next 20 minutes yeah God you, bless. you made terrible life choices. <laughs> thank you for doing it. I was yeah. there for that match. Yeah, and Shane is going to get his ass kicked by the Miz. Like, I, I don't know if Shane's going to win the match, but I know for a fact he's going to get his ass kicked. He's by going the Miz. to suffer. Yeah. Oh, he hit the Miz's dad. He's going to die. Yeah. And I think that when you look at all of that, you kind of see a picture of a guy that is important to the card, but you worry, and I think this has always been the case, but for different reasons. He's a guy you worry about what you're putting around him, right? I think, for me, it's always like, how far away from the rest of the high spots of the show do you have to put his high spot? It's that kind of stuff. And I think that's always been the case with him because he does such high spots. So it's like, you can't put him in the main event, but you don't want to blow the load before the main event you clearly need a you, you you need a come down after yeah. a shame match. You can't put the Hardy Boys on after because the Swanton Bomb's not going to impress you. Yeah. After he jumps off the Titan Tron, <laughs> he did that. He, he did that more than once. <laughs> <laughs> more than once, Nicholas. <laughs> off the Titan Tron, off the Hell in a Cell, off a scaffold. Yeah, it's fucked up. It, it's next year he's going to jump off the stadium at WrestleMania. Just off. He's going to fly Charlotte's helicopter and just jump out. He's going to climb the fucking scoreboard at the stadium in Tampa. Raymond James Stadium? Sure. God, you man. can call it literally anything you want. I wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> He's going to jump off whatever fucking pirate ship they build for this set. They already have a pirate ship there. They're, the, it's the home They're of going the to build a bigger one. He really feels like he kind of, in an effort to entertain the crowd, may have pushed some things too far is that fair to say in other words there's a difference between the king of the ring match where he goes through shit he's not supposed to and the steve blackman match where he jumps off the titan tron to me but what about the test match where he jumps off the titan tron <laughs> test, test, test this is test. this is a test as someone who appreciates yeah shane more than i do um like would probably wear a shane O'Mac jersey if someone bought it for him. D depending on the jersey. Oh dude. my god, you're the worst person. Uh, I was uh, a listen, joke. I've seen your mark out clothes. Let's, uh... Alright, yeah, I have my Becky two belts. I have my uh, Harlem Heat shirt. What else? The K Kofi Kingston against all odds shirt. You're also a hugger. Yeah, I had you to have... stop wearing that shirt. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> you get yelled at one too many times. Hey, what the fuck is on your shirt? Hugger. That, yeah, you just stop wearing it in public. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> um, but go on. Uh, Shane kind of blew up. The, he was 
his the indulgence of his crazy high spots was to the detriment of the company long term because it slid the meter so high that it, and in the sense not just of like holy shit it's a high spot but also if the son of the owner is willing to do that shouldn't we all like all be looking to do that kind of thing I don't think it's I don't think it's fair to pin that all on Shane. We are in a company where Edge and Christian, the Dudleys, and um, the Hardy Boys all killed each other on a fairly regular basis. You had dudes like the APA just mercilessly beating the shit out of people. As initiation, um, it's it was already a rough business escalating, and Shane went. Yeah, I can do that too. Okay, so yeah, I, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't think it's fair to say like, oh, Shane started throwing himself. I don't think off he helped. Things. I think it's fair to say. I'm In terms of helped, escalation, I, I don't think it's fair to pin escalation and like the downfall of wrestler injuries on Shane McMahon. Oh yeah, of course. Doing not. high spots. I, I will say this though. I I think that part of the long term legacy of Shane McMahon will be much more much more about the high spots than anything else. I think he will be seen as a daredevil and I don't know if that's a legacy you want for someone like that. Like because you have to think about it the reason I say that is because you have to think about it. He does he works let's say three matches a year. Even when he's really working he's working like 10 matches maybe 20 matches a year and he's doing crazy high spots but not in every match where there are guys ricochet right is more of a daredevil to me than jeff hardy is more of a daredevil but i think we'll always i think that shane has kind of positioned himself as the like the definitive like jump off of high shit guy to a degree but i don't think that that's his legacy i think it's his highlight video Mm -hmm. i think when they decide that shane mcmahon needs to be in the hall of fame for some reason that of course that video is going to be 99% him jumping off of or being put through shit. But I don't think that's his legacy. I think that's what gets him the hat tip from the wrestling fans. But I think he's got a bigger rapport with fans than mm-hmm. his high spots to the point where him being Shane McMahon is his legacy more than him jumping off of shit is his legacy. Do you think that if he had not been a McMahon, or let's say got put up for adoption by the McMahons, he obviously bears a resemblance, but isn't... Like, in other words, he doesn't look like a different person. I don't want to say that. But, like, do you think a guy with his charisma and basic athletic skill and willingness to fucking sell out his body completely, do you think someone like that could... Do you think he could have made it in WWF, WWE, if he wasn't a McMahon? So, 20 years ago? No. I don't think he would have gotten the attention. I think they would have told him, work work on your look. Bulk up. And they would have changed pretty much everything that made him a normal guy who jumped off a ship. Mm-hmm. If you took that same guy now, in 2019, the age of social media guys getting booked off of viral clips, I think he becomes Joey Janela, where he's a guy who quite literally got famous in the last two years 
for jumping off of shit. <laughs> he, t- he repeated a spot that Zandig and Sicknick Mondo did probably 15 years earlier at a CZW tournament of death because he wanted to. Very badly hurt himself in the process. Went viral and has been booked across the fucking country. Is signed with AEW. And in um, this observer's humble opinion, the dude can't work. <laughs> like he's very sloppy. He's I, I don't I don't I don't know where he was trained or if. Um, like, I'm personally not a fan, but the dude's making a living in pro wrestling in 2019 because people have seen what he's done and now they're willing to watch him wrestle. And I think that could very easily be a Shane McMahon route if he was coming up today without the McMahon last name and without the direct entrance into WWE. Yeah, I think that's... I, I wouldn't have thought of Janela, but that, that kind of makes sense in terms of someone just doing wild shit and getting over with that. Do you think it would have ever been possible for him to become a good wrestler? A good performer? Uh, somebody who could actually work? Or it's like... Do you, from the stuff you've seen, does because I feel like I, I sincere, I have a not a strong opinion, but I have a pretty definitive opinion on this, which is no, I don't. Fi- I think he lacks the. I don't know how to explain it, but just he's not. He never felt like he was good at. I don't want to say the psychology because obviously I praised him. I earlier. think he. I think there's a coordination. Yes. That isn't there, and I say this as somebody who is not the most coordinated. Like, I watch wrestlers' footwork, and I can judge the hell out of it. But if you put me in that situation, I'm going to look like an awkward... Like, I'm going to look like, look like a giraffe taking its first steps. Yeah, and that might be it. Is it, it it's not that he's... I don't think he's fundamentally bad. bad. I just think that yes. he's not technically proficient, and there's a substantial difference. Yeah, and I think that he... Looking at his old, his younger stuff... He was never technically perfect. It's almost like he never learned how to actually wrestle. But you know who else wasn't technically proficient with a lot of stuff he did? Fucking John Cena. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say Hulk Hogan. I was going to... No, Hulk Hogan was technically capable. He just... (laughs) Didn't do any of it. Did a lot of stuff that didn't make sense. As he wrestled as a heel as the top baby face in the world. Um, We're not bitter about that, though. No, it's fine. But John Cena, as I also think... I wouldn't have put that... John Cena's finishing move for a fucking decade, besides the uh, attitude adjustment, which is just, I'm holding the fire Miss Carrion, now I'm not, um, was an STF, which he never actually cinched in. (laughs) You could drive a fucking truck through the space between Cena's hands and his opponent's face, when that should be cinching up, and all you have to do is look at Regal Stretch to see how that should be locked in. Or... Some Canadian guy's finishing move. Um, I'm not familiar. Tom Riddle? The, the dude with no nose that we don't speak his name. Um, yeah, yeah, Tom yeah, Riddle. Yeah. Number one, he has super entertaining matches. And number two, he's the biggest merch seller for the last 20 years. So tell me John Cena's not good. Mm-hmm. Tell me Shane's not. Tell, tell me Shane's not a good wrestler because he's not a technically proficient striker. Or because he's got awkward footwork. And it's... Yeah, I think you have to judge people with that kind of charisma on a completely different level and in a completely different way. If you take a Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan, if you watch him wrestle, like, oh, this guy could pick me apart. Mm-hmm. 
he will get me down the mat and he'll eat the meat off my bones and then spit it out because eating meat's bad for the for the earth. Mm-hmm. Shane McMahon is gonna use his body as a weapon against me. Yeah, and he has to be in a position where he can do that. But he doesn't necessarily need to, need to be good at what he's doing because he's gonna fly off of something at me to kill me. Yeah, and I think I think Daniel Bryan can do that kind of stuff, but at the same time. I think that that Daniel Bryan could not work if he was not technically proficient, even if he could do all the other stuff, because he would be just another small guy who like does punches and kicks and stuff like that. The fact that he's maybe the most technically proficient wrestler of all time, if not, he's on the very, 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 very short list. He that's what makes him Daniel Bryan on the level of a like a smaller ver- level than a John Cena, but like basically outside of your pantheon pantheon guys, he's in terms of sheer overall talent, he's up there. But in terms of impact, he's a, he's a step below. But he wouldn't even be there if he wasn't incredibly technically proficient. Despite the fact that he's charismatic, he's a great promo. He's all this other shit. He's a super athletic, young, brilliant psychologist. Like all of that stuff, I don't think he would work if he wasn't technically proficient. Because he doesn't have that kind of specific charisma that a John Cena or a Shane McMahon does. I, I think, yeah, I think it is fair to say that, like, in a different world, Shane wouldn't have been John Cena, but if, because I think John Cena's work ethic is just weird. Like, I think John Cena built himself into John Cena. I can see Shane McMahon as, like, a McFoley. Yes. McFoley built his reputation. On taking nasty bumps and taking nasty weapon shots. And it wasn't all he was. He was just a wild brawler. Because he was willing to go out there and do crazy shit. And it earned him a reputation. It earned him his name. And it earned him respect among the fans and the boys. And I could also see Shane McMahon pulling off something like that without the McMahon name. Yeah. Yeah, so I think we're both saying basically that uh, Shane has a lot of possibilities as a performer in the ring. But then, now he doesn't have as many, but if you put him in the specific role he needs. Um, however, as an authority figure, he sucks. I thought Shane's run as an authority on SmackDown was kind of refreshing. Because we've gotten 20 years of heel GMs, commissioners... Every other title you can think of, they're they're just bad. It's it's, <laughs> a tr- it's what was twenty years ago fun, creative, and exciting is such a tired trope in wrestling in twenty nineteen that I never want to see it again. Yeah, if they never went back to like straight heel, unless it's Vince mm. coming back to do Vince shit, which I think is a fundamentally different thing than being a heel, being staff on Raw right. or the authority on right. Raw. It's, it's so Shane coming out just be like, "What's up, Brooklyn? Hey, you two want to fight? Yeah, fuck it, get a referee out here." Yeah. That's that that it just kind of felt like a real dude running a company, as opposed to the evil guy stacking the cards against the against the baby face, which again I never want to see again. But Stone Cold, Stone Cold, Stone Cold, Roman Reigns, Stone Cold, Stone Cold, Stone Cold. So 17 on one. Becky, two belts. I'm, I'm fine with that. Because she's the one lobbying for that spot. But I, I I guess my counter to that, not that I like vehemently opposed to what you're saying, is that 
Daniel Bryan was so much better. It felt like he was getting outclassed at a thing that Daniel Bryan... Like, at no point did I really felt, feel like Daniel Bryan betrayed his character or the, like, alignment he had. Where I felt like Shane went overboard so many times that it was, you started to get the feeling that he was almost a heel authority figure because McMahons are inherently heels. Does that make sense? Like kind of like Ric Flair where it's like, and, and I think this kind of came to fruition the way he turned heel less so than the like actual length of time it took him to turn heel. But with Shane, I feel like he, even he couldn't withstand the forces of being a heel authority figure when it was all said and done. Even when he was feuding with like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and they were, he was just doing wild shit where you're like, what the fuck, man? This is, like, not how you're supposed to run a company. But I feel like outside of wrestling, that makes more sense. If you look at it, like, no, like, he's a dude who's trying to be a good dude, but he's inherently a piece of shit. I feel, I feel like that's a little more believable and a little more real than just like, nope, I'm a, I'm a happy fucking dude who's here every week. Here's the matches you want to see. Going back to catering, eating some chocolate cake, throwing bad punches. Bye. But I, I guess the way he was framed, and I don't think that's necessarily his fault, but I, towards the end, I really was bothered by how much of a heel he was being framed, specifically with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. That seemed like they really sold out his character to get over a specific storyline and didn't even do that great of a job doing it. I don't think they sold him out. I think that they always just showed that heelishness, so they had that option to turn him. So that way, if they did turn him, it's not like... It's well, not like, what well, the fuck? Well, well, he's turning. It was like, oh, fuck this guy. God damn it. We knew you were going to do this shit. Like, when he turned on The Miz... Yeah. He got that, oh, fuck you reaction. <laughs> and it was... It was beautiful. And Especially it, it, because it, it, of The Miz as the counterbalance right. of that. Where you think Miz is going to be the one who's like, fuck this shit. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, Miz is... A, we know what a piece of shit Miz is. Your, we, we also he we also made Miz sympathetic in a way that it's really hard to feel sympathy for Shane McMahon. Yeah. Like, yeah, we identify with him, but I don't think we sympathize when he's like because he is being pushed by like the base parts of himself, the his like ego and stuff like that. At, at his core, he's still the billionaire son. Yeah. Who's gonna do what he wants. Like, like telling Greg Hamilton, no, announce me the way you did at WrestleMania. <laughs> and making him do it fucking 15 times at the Barclays. My dad got upset at that. He was like, I didn't like that. I thought that was mean. I was like, it was mean. It was, was inherently the, I was so mean. happy. I was like, that's awesome. He was like, I just didn't like it. It was like, I thought it was, I thought it wasn't fair. And I thought it was, he also thought it was dumb, but it was like. But it also stood out on a show where they had a giant colorful pancake celebration to coronate Kofi Kingston as the new WWE champion. Yeah. Like, it's like, on one hand, we're celebrating this dude's 11 years in the making accomplishment. And on the other hand, the billionaire's son is grabbing an announcer by the tie and making him repeatedly announce him better as the best in the world. Why? Because I'm a spoiled rich kid at my, at my, at my core. I was trying to be good, but I don't have to be. And I think it's also the idea of him as having power, even though they got rid of the authority, him having kind of freewheeling power 
he i think if you even if you look at it it's because i guess i'm agreeing with you if you look at his thing through the lens of like he's eventually going to turn heel because he's a mcmahon in an authority position then i guess the character makes a lot more sense where like there are subtle things that push him away from being it's kind of like when a right-wing person goes from like actual libertarian to like that's not what a libertarian is you just hate brown people you know what i'm saying or you're like there's i'm gonna take a quick left turn from there <sighs> um to, to me it's kind of like whenever steph acts like a baby face on raw and then she says something a little catty or a little shitty towards somebody or like emasculates a baby face you're like well that seemed kind of unnecessary it was a lot of the way alexa bliss was written going into wrestlemania yeah where was, she'd be positioned as a baby face and then she'd shit on a baby face you're like well what the fuck which is it and i feel like that's a lot of the same with Shane and some of it's bad writing and some of it's the nature of the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so now I think we solved what made Shane work over the last... He paid his taxes. 20 years? Rich people don't pay taxes. But Shane does and that's why we, that's why we relate. That was hard to say. Um, so I guess the question I've been thinking about this entire time is this. Would you have been okay with Shane having a world title run in the Attitude Era, considering, or even have him be the replacement for Vince in his title reign where he like won the Royal Rumble and he won the championship? Because technically he was a world champion. So like, think about it that way. Think about it in a world where like David Arquette's a world champion. Are you okay with? Shane McMahon as a very brief like one first night. of all we are not going to compare David Arquette and Vince McMahon ever ever WCW's dying days versus WWF champion Vince McMahon how dare you how dare you I'm from Hollywood that's the best promo ever shut up I mean yes and you love terrible wrestling it's fine yeah we um, all do that's why we're here I could see it in the, like, May to July off-season, mm-hmm. which I don't know if it was as pronounced then when you had King of the Ring, mm-hmm. but in that time of the year where they're like, yeah, we're just kind of getting to SummerSlam, <laughs> I could see him sneaking the belt off of somebody for a month, parading it around like a giant douchebag, and then having, you know, if you look at the stars of that era... Here's Austin, The Rock, Foley, Triple H, Undertaker, Kane, and a whole flock of dudes to be like, we're going to kill you. And then Shane falls off of something and dies and is no longer the champion. Yeah. I don't think it would. It could possibly go longer than the stretch of like one pay-per-view where like he he wins at a backlash. Or, or even on like a Monday Night Raw or something right. stupid like that. Yeah. Something very brief. Yeah. The one day reigns pissed me off. But if he can milk it for some heat for a couple weeks and then get a big baby face pop when he loses it, great. Yeah, I, I think I feel basically the same way. I think the only caveat I would have to that, what you just said in general, is that I think you could, when he was in charge of the corporate ministry, had him been champion for like a couple of months because the corporate ministry, it would have taken away a lot of the pieces on the table triple a i think triple h at that point if not like i think the rock or shamrock obviously kane not kane the undertaker there was enough people that he could have been in charge of that he could have taken the title and been like i'm the king 
and piss off, let's say, the Undertaker, who then murders him kind of thing? Yes, but when you're also at a stable with the Undertaker and a bunch of other top guys, and also, like, Midian. Um, I think it really devalues the belt, and it kind of puts top guys in a weird spot when they have to be subservient to, like, this piss-ant champion. It's, I think you could do that with the European title or the hardcore title and be okay. We're like, no, I'm the most hardcore guy here. You're listening to me. I, I think that's less dangerous than putting a world title on him. Mm-hmm. So you don't you don't like my idea? I'm just saying you should just come out and say you don't like my. I've idea. never liked your ideas. Yeah, <clears throat> that's good. Fucking asshole. Uh, so you have anything to plug this week? Um, you may have heard of the New York Wrestling Connection. We run shows every month in Deer Park. NYWC Wrestling on Twitter and Instagram. NYWC New York Wrestling Connection on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter, Andy Miller JMS. And uh, yeah. That always makes me laugh. That yeah, just make sugar, motherfucker. <laughs> and uh, uh, I'll make my NYWC return in June. What? I bought a new suit. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's blue. That's pretty sharp. A choice. Definitely a choice. So is being your friend, but here I am. <laughs> uh, you can check me out at the next year, the T H E N one C K S T R. You can check us out at how wrestling explains that podbean.com and also on HWETW pod on Twitter. And five star reviews on the iTunes. Five stars. We know how many people are listening, we know how many people are rating. Right now. And now that he's berated you, I should mention the Patreon, uh, patreon.com. Give us your money. Slash HWDW. You can check out the pod beyond with Rich Kaysen and I, uh, and possibly some future new shows uh, that we may be working out at the moment. Uh, Kaysen, despite being a dick to fans recently, uh, is a pretty good wrestling mind, and he's breaking down some cool shit on Patreon, and you are missing out on the pod beyond until you give us your money. Yeah, what he said. I don't feel comfortable asking for money. Give us your money. No, but could you give me money? You owe me money for it. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. money, money, money. Dollar, dollar. Dollar, dollar. Ching, ching, bling, bling. You ain't talking money, then you're talking no matter. Ching, ching, bling, bling. Patent pockets. We take the dollar, dollar. Can a damn soul stop it? Here comes the new kid on the block. Dog, your bets, it's with the buck stops. See, first of all, I'm stepping out on my own. About time I elevated to claim my own throne. Success in my blood, call it homegrown. Ports reek and testosterone. Power and money got me crazy cocky. No longer need you, poppy. I know you're mad because you can't stop me. And if you wonder how this player done scooped your honey, I think she smell my cologne, it's called brand new money. Making major moves, man, ain't a damn thing funny. Pippin' hood rats to playboy bunnies. They see the... They see it, they see it. Say what, say what, say what? Money. I'm global dollar dollar and roll with Val Fitty. Like to go out smelling fresh and looking spiffy. Don't like clean money, I want my wrist to be filthy. Pops with every time and fun, I can't touch till I'm 60. So what am I supposed to do? Roll it through. Set it back in them pockets till I'm stacking hole it through. Ching, ching, bling, bling, catching cash and lump. It's a coro, get a jacket, I'm selling them out my trunk. Whenever, whatever, it takes a shake down a dollar. Muscle in that direction, wait a minute, holla, holla. All wants to know where they go, where they went. And I'm making Marshall Monday, smelling just like a mint. Uh. Uh. Money, 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 money
the worst. See, we never get the pebbles, they got the rocks first. Bank vaults unlocking, ching ching, we're mocking. I'm rocking, my family Christmas stockings are shocking. Fine women, any weather, naughty denim and leather. Call it chicken, whatever, Sunday get better. I'm one smart cookie, the vet that smacks rookies. My stock's on top, your checks bounce while mine's booking. Wrist, I must rock it, chick, stop it, I knock it. Cash looks like I got a gang of fists in my pocket. Fist in my fist in my pocket. Fist in my pocket. Tongue secure, and the promise that you're right in every one.